This is Hannah And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please support the show by going to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. We appreciate your support. You can get exclusive bonus episodes and ad-free episodes. Mm-hmm. And happy new year. Happy new year. Um, we did get one message that I wanted to read now. Usually we read uh, reviews or something at the end of the show, but someone sent a really nice thing that I wanted to share. This is from Aaron, Hi, who Aaron. said, I've been listening to the show since shortly before I got kicked out of Bob Jones University in 2019. Wow. You two are a couple of my favorite people. And he said specifically, Jess, you're one of my favorite people. <gasps> listening to you was the first real exposure I got to feminism. Really? And, it, and Yikes. <laughs> it was much needed, he says, for this very privileged, probably mostly straight white dude. <laughs> Hey, listen, that probably... Explore that, my dude. (laughs) It's 2024. We appreciate your messages. That was really kind. Thank you for saying that. Did you... Before we start with Uh, all the craziness, uh did you have a good New Year? Um, Yeah, uh, Mikey and I had a huge night. We watched all three Fifty Shades of Grey movies (laughs) for... Uh, beca- actually, because I think you because lost a bet. <laughs> I mean, honestly, because they're doing it on how this get made soon. And I had said, like, we should watch like a trilogy or a mini series. <laughs> and then tonight I'm standing eating frozen pizza with my husband. And I was like, oh, we should watch a movie. And yes. he goes, do you have time? And I was like, <laughs> for what? And he was like, you're recording tonight. And when I tell you, my stomach dropped to my feet. <laughs> I was so looking forward to a night off. Um, but good news, I have a lot of shit to talk about on bonus. Nice. Me and my children also watched the Fifty Shades of Grey trilogy. Oh, yeah. yeah. They told me about that. I know. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Let's start with some happy news. Kim Davis has lost again. Why is she still? Why is she still in the news is the correct response yeah. to that. <laughs> thing. So Kim Davis, for those who uh, magically became atheists in the last three minutes, <laughs> uh, she is the former Rowan County Kentucky Listen, clerk. At this point, it's like nine years old. Uh-huh, oh my correct. God. Oh my God. I just aged yeah. a million years. Yeah. Kim this Davis story, was 12 when this story began. I've been talking about this idiot for nine, right? Because yeah. 2015 is when it kicked yeah. off. Hoy, yo, yo. In 2015. <laughs> miserable. Okay. She was a county clerk in yeah. Rowan County, Kentucky. Her yep. One job was sign marriage licenses for any couple, mm-hmm. and this was shortly after Obergefell. She hasn't changed her hair in nine years. Has I can't not. help but notice. Uh, so Higher the hair, closer to God. <laughs> <laughs> so she refused to sign marriage licenses for several, I think, same-sex couples who had already... Um, Two of them ended up filing a lawsuit over this, Ooh. and to shorten the nine-year gap between then and now... She has already had to pay, according to a jury, she was found guilty of violating their rights. She had to pay $100,000 to one of the couples whose civil rights she blocked. Um, There was a separate jury trial for the other couple that sued her. Uh That jury did not punish Kim Davis for reasons they decide on their own. Because God will punish her. Yeah, right. But (laughs) this one couple, she owed them $100,000. That happened several months ago. Right. Here's the new information. Now it's back in front of the judge, and the judge has to decide what the attorney's fees are because her side also has to pay the other side's legal fees. Correct. That's what happens. And this is not up to a jury. This is up to the judge. And this is the same judge who ruled last year that she broke the law when she refused to do her job. Because I don't care if you're Christian, your job is a government employee, Mm -hmm. so you have to do the job. And because same-sex marriage is legal in 2015, your job says you got to sign their marriage license because there was no reason not to. 
Um, that was Judge David Bunning, U.S. District Judge David Bunning. He did that in 2022. Um, so last September, all of these arguments, actually, I should say, uh, the whole case is in front of this judge. Yeah, and right? his, Yeah, I was trying to figure <laughs> out. stroking out I, a little bit, bud. Did I already say this? And I kind of did. Okay. So now what the same-sex couple, their lawyers said, we need about, I'm rounding here, $250,000 in attorney's fees and about $14,000 in expenses. Okay. That was what they submitted. That's their paperwork. Because they said, we've had to do a lot of shit over nine years. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it takes a lot of time. There were a lot of attorneys involved in this. So here's our bill. Mm-hmm. Kim Davis's team, her uh, attorneys are represented by Liberty Council, the right-wing hate group. Mm-hmm. Uh, they tried to say, no, nah, you really only need $100,000. So that's the game we were playing here. Is oh, it going to be they're playing lawyer chicken? Yeah, is it going to be two hundred sixty-four thousand dollars, or is it going to be a hundred thousand, or somewhere in between? Oh boy! And okay. the beauty here is Judge Bunning didn't buy any of the Kim Davis team's arguments. And reading his like fourteen-page decision of like, all right, here's what I'm doing with the attorney's fees, and I'm going to try to explain myself because okay. I'm not giving you their receipts and bills. I'm just going with. These are the arguments they're making as to why we shouldn't have to pay all this. Right. And I'm just going to go through those one by one. Let me read you the beginning, like page one of this ruling. The procedural history of this case is well documented in the record, Uh and the court need not reiterate it in detail here. Okay. In sum... Following extensive discovery, multiple motions, dispositive and otherwise, four appeals to the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals, one petition for a writ of certiorari to the United States Supreme Court, and a three-day jury trial, this Uh case is on the eve of final resolution. (laughs) One issue remains, attorney's fees and expenses. This guy's like, look at all the shit you've put me through for nine years, and we're finally done with this. Oh, Lord. (laughs) So the bottom line is he says the request that the plaintiff's side made, the the gay couple's side made, for the number of hours they worked, how much they expected to be paid, the judge said, yeah, they're reasonable. That's all that matters to him. Yeah. He's like, I'm not, he said, I I have no plans. He's not trying to nickel and dime people. He actually said, I have no plans to, quote, engage in micro litigation, nor am I, quote, inclined to split hairs. Like, this is what they submitted. Eh. I see it as fine. This makes sense for the sort of work they had to do. Uh Uh-huh. And so here's an example of what he means by that. At one point, the plaintiff's lawyer said, we charge $375 an hour, and my buddy here charges $275 an hour for the work we do. Right. They're lawyers. That's how that works. Kim Davis's team said, no, no, no. You said back in the day that you charged $350 and $250. So we are only going to pay you that amount because that's the original amount. Here's what the judge says in response to all that. The court finds that the rates sought by plaintiffs are reasonable. The court is not inclined to reduce these rates based upon what was found to be the prevailing market rate six years ago. He boldfaced six years ago. Wow. Damn. (laughs) He's like, inflation hurts everybody, y'all. I'm not going to go back in time for this. (laughs) Wait, so it gets better. Okay. Uh, Basically, he said, yeah, those lower rates might have been fine when the case began. 
but you've dragged this out long enough. But time enough. is linear and has a yeah. habit of marching on. So at the end of all of this, he gave the plaintiff's attorneys everything they wanted, <gasps> every penny they wanted, Good. and that's a total of $260,084.70. Liberty Council says... Oh, I was really hoping you were going to say, and then punitive damages. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> that's it. Just legal fees. That's sure. your bill. Liberty Council's people... I mean, Kim you Davis... You gotta pay it. Kim Davis owes it. Will Liberty Council cover it? Of course not. More on that in a second. Okay. But Kim Davis is now on the hook for two hundred sixty thousand dollars. I have a really important question before we go into seventy cents. Is there any chance that the plaintiffs are going to get that money in their pockets? Oh no! I mean, this is the lawyers. They they are that's right. Okay, so but, they but better get this. Is there any chance that, they like, won't. yeah, they'll um, be left they on the hook? They could sue, I'm pretty sure, if they okay. don't get it. But, they, but like, can they sue? Okay, so if Liberty says, no, we're not going to pay that, is that within to. their right? They no, do have to, because they, they were do the... Have to. Okay, okay. I don't know what the specific uh, protocol is, if they don't want to pay it or something. Yeah. But they, if you, I don't know, if you don't want to pay something, what do you do? You're going to be in trouble if you don't pay it, especially if... I'm we just concerned that there's going to be some legal shenanigans. And then it'll be like, well, she only makes $38,000 yeah. a year. So that's not a reasonable thing. And doesn't matter. If she concern. didn't have the money, Liberty Council could have said that up front and said, we can't drag this out. But no, they okay. chose to okay. drag this out. So whatever. All right. Um, here's the thing, though. Will she have the money? She'll, she'll totally say, I don't have the money. I'm a poor little and Christian woman. Um, I don't either. However... You can almost guarantee there'll be the GoFundMe, Give, Send, Go version yeah, of, point. hey, people, I'm a Christian martyr. Give Ugh. me money to pay this off. So it'll they'll raise the money. That's yeah. not really at issue. Liberty Council says they're going to appeal the damages now, the lawyer's costs. They're going to say, like, no, Isn't hey. Isn't that what that was? Nope. Now it's to the regular judge again. They're saying, we're going to appeal this ruling from this judge. Like, again, they're just dragging this out. And isn't this, this out. costing them more money if they don't win? Or is it? <laughs> it could. It could. So, like, every time, because every time they file an appeal, they have to pay to do that, yes? I mean, because the plaintiffs have to file responses and everything, and if they end up losing, which they already so have. They, so, they would have to, so every time they do this, assuming they're not going to win, because there does not seem, like, no they path. have a leg to stand There's on. There's no path here. So, every time victory. they do this, they're just sinking themselves double deeper, because yeah. every, th- every time they have to pay for so, their court costs and hers. Yeah, and it goes so, down to theirs, why, are we, why are we doing this? It's because Liberty Council fundraises the hell off of this. They email oh, their people. I'm on their money, mailing list. It's it? great. They are always like, Kim Davis is being persecuted again, so support us so we can help her. They've been doing this and for nine years. And persecuted is... Having to pay for services rendered, yeah, that's the, the worst persecution I've ever. That's heard. why they keep dragging this out. She's their cash cow. They're, she has been for like nine years, so, so they don't want this case so to ultimately end. The fundraising is greater than any penalties that they'll have yeah. to pay because their fundraising off of the courts are after us because we're being persecuted. Send us money. And send us money. And if the case ends. What are they going to do? Real work? No. So <laughs> they're just dragging this out. The, uh, the one good thing about this is we get to remind everybody about mm. Kim Davis because uh, I don't, I haven't done that in several months. Yeah. Kim Davis, of course, um, is not just a Christian bigot. She is the woman but who she is a Christian <laughs> bigot. She is a Christian bigot. Um, she opposes same-sex marriage because she says she believes in the sanctity of marriage. Mm-hmm. Here's what Kim Davis has done regarding the sanctity of marriage oh, in forgot. chronological order. Great. Uh, she married husband one, mm-hmm. had twins with husband three, 
Mm-hmm. Divorced husband one, married husband two, divorced mm-hmm. husband two, married husband three, then divorced husband three, mm-hmm. then remarried husband two, mm-hmm. just like Jesus. Just like Jesus. Yep. Uh, she says, you can't hold any of that against me because right? I didn't find God until 2011. Yeah, so I wasn't really a Christian. Um, so here's the thing. What does I, that mean I wasn't really a Christian? So like, do the rules apply or do no. they not apply? Of course they don't. Of course they don't. The funny thing is she always had an option available for free. If she didn't want to sign same-sex marriage licenses after Obergefell, because mm. that was her job, she could have just resigned. Got another job. She could have gotten another job because she doesn't like the things she has to do for her current job. Mm-hmm. She still could have been a martyr for the conservative Christian cause by saying, they pushed me out of my yeah, job because I didn't want to do. But that not have the traction, I don't no, think. No, it would not have. So anyway, she's being used by the dumbest lawyers and the conservative uh, side here <laughs> because Liberty people. Council isn't known for their great track record. But uh, they're still going at it. I just... just Kim why, Davis, just, man. Why is this... Like, imagine the founding fathers looking at this. I mean, like, yeah, we nailed it, guys. We really, really nailed this legal system. Good job, everybody. Nailed everything. They got it all right. Everything is okay because the Constitution Uh is nothing if not clear about everything. Correct. All right. With spring finally in view, you might be thinking about inviting over some friends for an outdoor meal. I know I'm looking forward to that. And that means you should be thinking about ButcherBox. You can skip the grocery store knowing you have the food you trust in your freezer. I know that might sound strange coming from me since I'm vegetarian, but they have a high-quality veggie burger that I absolutely love. They have options for pescatarians, too. The food is high-quality, grass-fed, and free-range. More than anything, it'll give you peace of mind knowing everyone who eats it will enjoy it. You get free shipping, too. New users will receive their choice of two pounds of ground beef, three pounds of chicken thighs, or one pound of premium steak tips for a whole year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com friendly and use code friendly to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Let's talk about Mormons. Oh, this is exciting too. I have so much good news everywhere. Ooh. So... This is a new paper that was put out by sociologists Ryan Cragen, Bethany Gull, and Rick Phillips. Mm. This is in the Journal of Religion and Demography, my favorite journal. Demogra- as in demons? No, no. that's demonography. As What's in demo- populations and what they believe. Demogra- oh, demographics. Yes. Wow, I'm stupid. Okay. That's okay. It's the new year. <laughs> so the bottom line conclusion they have is if you look at, there's basically two ways to figure out what religions people are if you want to break it down by state, Mm. how do you know what the religious makeup is of the people in Utah? There's two ways you can really get numbers for that. One is if you want, let's specify here. Let's talk about Mormons specifically. What percentage of people in Utah are Mormons? Two ways to get that answer. One is you listen to what the Mormon church says. We have X million members in Utah Mm. and you divide that by the total number of people in Utah based on like the census or whatever. And that's one answer. Yeah. But that relies on you to trust the Mormon church and their numbers. And why wouldn't I trust the Mormon church? And I've never had any cause. <laughs> Listen to. to every previous episode <laughs> of this podcast. The other way to do it is you go to a reputable survey of, you know, we tried to do a survey of people's religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. And when it came, if you just look at the people in Utah, this is what we came up with. Yeah. So they looked at those numbers and they Did said. Did they match perfectly? <laughs> no. Well, here's what they said. <laughs> 
They said, we looked at the Salt Lake Tribune, reputable newspaper, but they've reported on exactly this thing. It's kind of their beat. Mm -hmm. But their numbers, and they admit this, are coming from the Latter-day Saints Church, right? Got you, okay. Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints. And according to that number published in the Salt Lake Tribune in uh, 2020 is the most recent available data they had, they said the Mormon share in Utah is 60.7%. Wow. Lower than in previous years. But still a majority. Honest truth hurts. Right? Yeah, that's it, huge. I mean, it used to be at its peak maybe in, at least in the past decade, in 2013, 2014, it was a little over 63%. Wow. And now it's a little over 60%. Okay. So lower, that mm-hmm. was kind of the story they went with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but clearly a majority. Yeah. When you look at the self-reporting from other surveys, mm-hmm. so here's another example. The Public Religion Research Institute, another reputable organization, in 2022 their numbers estimated that Mormons were 55% of Utah. So lower than what the LDS church was saying. And what year is this? This is 2022. Okay. Um, But let's talk about why both of those ways of getting the number are problematic. So according, if you look at the Mormon church's history, they have a long history of giving overinflated membership numbers. Of course. I I think most churches can... Well, okay, is it overinflated or is it, like, technically true because these are the number of people we have on our rolls versus the people who participate? Because I'm legally still part of the Catholic Church. Right. Yes and yes, because Uh it depends on how you're counting it. If you're baptized and confirmed as a child, then the Mormon church says you're a member. For life? For life. Like, you're a Catholic. For life. Unless there's a reason not to, and it doesn't matter what you believe anymore, if you haven't gone through the formal process of removing your name from the rolls, they're going to count you as a member. Mm -hmm. So that's part of it. If you're a toddler, uh, the Mormon church, I believe, says you're not eligible to get baptized until you're eight. What about kids who are (laughs) younger? Because eight is when you really hit your peak reasoning skills. But if you're... How old is your oldest? uh, Eight. Not ready to make a religious decision for life. Last time I met her, she sat and quizzed me on her birthday and her favorite color and like... Eight-year-olds are dum-dums. No yes. offense. Your daughter is great, but <laughs> I don't know her birthday. <laughs> but that's the thing. Baptisms, whatever. Eight-year, whatever. If you ask a seven-year-old yeah. and it's a child in like a family of eight kids, a seven-year-old is counted as a member of the church because they're not old enough to, to be have been baptized? a decision one way or the other. So kids are considered okay. members. Basically, everyone who's Mormon-adjacent is considered Mormon unless there's a really good reason not to consider them a Mormon. Okay. Right? And here's what the researchers said about that. Scholars have noted that local ward rosters are unusable as sampling frames for surveying Mormons. Mm -hmm. The church's claimed membership total may exceed the number of self-identified Mormons by 50%. 50%? They're saying these numbers are overinflated beyond belief. And in fact, they added, the Salt Lake Tribune also encountered problems with these numbers. Really? For example, one reporter found that the church claimed more members in one Utah county than there were residents of that county. Oh, okay. So we're slipping past technicalities and going into fraud yeah, We're not talking like a few dozen off. <laughs> oh, lordy lord. So that's the problem with the Mormon church's numbers. What about self-reported numbers? Well, sometimes the sample sizes are just really small, so that makes it harder to get an accurate assessment. That happens with surveys. 
Um, as we see with Catholics all the time, a lot of people who no longer believe in God or don't take religion seriously or never attend anymore right. services anymore, they may still call themselves Mormon or Catholic for cultural reasons. Sure. And even though the label is pretty meaningless at that point. So that's the problem with those surveys. So what did these researchers do? Well, they did their own survey using a much larger sample size, and they made sure their sample size was more demographically in line with like what the U.S. Census says the population looks like. We're not okay. just surveying white people here. We're going to look at all of Utah. We're trying to get a really broad sample of what we got here. And that was the accusation is that all the sample sizes were way too limited if to If they're really enough? small, you're only getting a certain type of person, okay. and that makes it harder to get a fair assessment. Okay. So what these researchers found is that the Percentage of Mormons in Utah, are you ready for this? No. 42%. What? Percent Wait, in Utah or Salt Lake City? In Utah. We've been doing in Utah All the Utah time. the whole time. Wow. 42%. Uh, so, and they calculate that with a much higher confidence interval, 99.9% uh, confidence interval. Wow. Which means we're pretty sure we're right here. And they're saying we find that Mormons are no longer in the majority in Utah and if they run the numbers backwards, like based on the information they had, they were not the majority in Utah ever since 2007. Wow. So. So what are the why consequ- is this happening? Yeah. What we'll are- talk about consequences in a second. Yeah. Why is this happening? Why are Mormons losing their share of Utah? And the researchers gave oh. three big reasons. What do you want to guess? I mean, it's the same as everything. It's a conservative, cons- uh, too conservative, um, hypocritical. And maybe money, something about money, or don't believe. I, I think you it's touched like on li- two of them, like liter- general liberal views, gay people. We're going to put marriage, that all into adoption. a thing they called secularization. Basically, oh. religion is less important in the lives of many Americans. I see, and that's also true of Mormons. Now, okay. why are people less inclined to be Mormon for all the reasons you mentioned? Sure. I'm fed up with the church for this reason or that. I. I'm friends with people who are not religious or a different religion, so I no longer subscribe. All those reasons people have been shifting away from yeah. organized religion. So that's all one thing. That's all one part of it. Is another thing just a simple matter of demographics? The population is growing and the number of Mormons are staying the same, so their population share is just lower? But here's the counter to that. Mormons also have a ton of kids, more so Ooh, than most other groups. that's a good point. And they probably don't have a habit of moving away very frequently. Right. Because if you're, I mean, I, I could tell you this about brown people in Chicago. All of my, <laughs> all of my parents' friends are here. Yeah. There's less of an incentive to go anywhere else unless you had to. Yeah, 100%. Um, so the second reason they brought up, not just secularization uh-huh. overall, because that's affecting everybody. Okay, really but curious. in Utah specifically, they talked about fertility. Mormons, and fertility may or may not be the right word. Someone mentioned reproduction rates would be a better term here because everyone might be fertile, but they might not have. Anyway, fertility is what the researchers said. Mormons are having fewer babies than they used to, or at least people in Utah are. In 2001, people in Utah had about 20 births for every 1,000 people. Mm. By 2022, that number was 14 Per thousand people. I thought you were going to say twenty births per person. No, and I almost my no, my wine went up my nose. <laughs> fewer yeah. babies in. I mean, sure. if you're saying Utahns are having fewer babies, that presumably means a lot of Mormons are having fewer babies Sh- and well, fewer babies. They've definitely been skewing the numbers on their right. end. It's like, do you have two kids, three <laughs> kids, or nineteen? Right. You couldn't really go up more. <laughs> right. Right. Fewer babies means fewer automatic Mormons. It also means Utah is starting to look more and more like the rest of the country when it comes to reproduction rates. Sure. So that's another reason they have fewer Mormons as a share of the population than Mm -hmm. they used to. Third reason, migration. Mormons, 
both. Huh. Mormons used to go to Utah, no matter where they were, because that's where the Mormons were, right? But wait, why were you a Mormon in a different part of the country? Just well, like a little pocket of maybe whatever. there was a reason. Maybe there was a reason you had to work in another state, it's or just, you raised it, your family there, or okay. whatever. You might have met a Mormon, but like there were mm. only three Mormons in the state of New Jersey, Fair. so whatever. Okay. All right, but. Now, because the more in part because the Mormon Church has spent so much money building temples and communities in other parts of the country, they lost their stronghold. That's right, Salt Lake City. You don't need to live in Salt Lake City if you want to find a community of Mormons. Okay, so this isn't necessarily bad for the church. It just means that explains why there's less of a percentage in Utah. It's interesting. Um, Also. Uh People like us, yep. would you have wanted to move to Utah? There might have been a reason to say, you know what, that's really Mormon and I'm not. Yeah. And so I don't know that that's a destination for me, regardless of what my job is or whether I want to go there. I feel like 23-year-old ski bums were like, I don't care. Yeah. But now... <laughs> it's just all like, it's either Mormons or just like 22-year-old white guys in beanies running around. Like, and what though, That is culture. now 52% of Mormon. <laughs> right. No, now a lot of non-Mormons are coming into Utah because of economic opportunities, lower cost of living. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. And also it's like... City's dope. Yeah. And also because there are fewer Mormons than there used to be, it's Mm -hmm. like that also means, well, even if you're not Mormon, you're probably going to have an easier time finding people who think more like you do. So you'll find a community there. Well, and slash or... If you are Mormon, suddenly your social circle might be opened up a little bit to non-Mormons, which... Which makes it easier for everybody to just live there because, yeah, there's... I'll be able to find my people no matter what that means to you. So when you combine all those factors, Mm -hmm. the share of Mormons in Utah is dropping. Um, So... Let's talk about what that means for consequences. Are we going to go over Utah. the fact that the numbers have been inflated for years and any consequences of that? Or There's do no we... consequences because church okay. can say whatever not, the church excuse wants. Excuse me, not consequences to anybody, but sort of social consequences of having an inflated number. Like they, you know what I mean? Like, did the Mormon church exert more power over, you know, the population than they should have because they were like, well, we're like 70% of the population, so um, you better listen to us. Or maybe, is it just an unfortunate maybe. thing that the records have been incorrect and that's unfortunate maybe on purpose thing that the church did but i mean they still elect a lot of very conservative people regardless of anything we're talking about so does it really have an impact i don't know i I mean you could still say the church is pretty damn powerful in utah and i don't think that's changed one bit yeah but also i think there's a sense sometimes uh i mean certainly we saw it in 2016 of well it doesn't matter who i vote for you know a Democrat's going to win in Illinois, so it doesn't matter mm-hmm. if people are thinking the same thing, but the opposite. Like we're in Utah, like we're it's not going it's going to be somebody conservative and religious. I'm not going to vote. Maybe that. I mean, I don't know. I would I point know. out that uh, in 2022 was it during a Senate race? Mm-hmm. Uh, who was I guess running? They have a Democratic. No, they vote all Republican for statewide things. It's mm-hmm. really hard for a Democrat to win. Mm-hmm. But who was the Democratic nominee in 2022 for a Senate race? It wasn't even a Democrat. It was Evan McMullen who ran as an independent. Oh, and even man. the Democratic Party said, you know what? We always lose these statewide races, but you're a Mormon who's anti-Trump. Huh. Uh, we're going we'll we're gonna to tell all of our people to vote for you. And he lost, but it wasn't by the sort of margin you would expect. Sure. Okay. Um, so, like... Maybe that slowly shifts over time, even mm. if that's farther away. I just think away. the social psychology of who votes and why is pretty interesting and not to be, you know, dismissed. Mm-hmm. Anyway. It also means, like, more Mormons are, you know, three quarters of people in Utah support same-sex marriage now, in tw- <sighs> according to a 2022 survey. That's a huge jump. That's the result of secularization and having sure. different values. It also means if the church has 
like a loosening stranglehold on the state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They do dominate the state's culture and their politics right now. Mm-hmm. That maybe that doesn't mean like the Mormon church technically runs the state politics, mm-hmm. but Republicans do. And you can say that pretty much overlaps mm-hmm. as far as the church is concerned. Yeah. But if more people are coming to Utah because of other reasons, well, that's the sort of thing that makes politics shift over time. Sure. Ryan Cragen, one Look of the, the researchers. <laughs> yeah. Ryan Cragen, one of the researchers, I asked him, like, is this trend like accelerating mm. by any chance? Because I would imagine if the demographics are changing, it only makes it easier for yeah. more people to go. He said, yeah, it's now much easier to leave the religion, too, because there are plenty of people who are not LDS Mm -hmm. who you could spend time with who share your views. Mm -hmm. He also said there are plenty of support groups in Utah for ex-Mormons, plenty of non-Mormons who are happy to welcome ex-Mormons to their social circles. So declining religiosity is self-enforcing. Yeah. Um, And... Keep in mind, the Mormon church is... Why has the Mormon church been in the news, at least nationally, for the past several months and years? Yeah. Shielding itself from accountability on sexual abuse, Mm -hmm. hoarding hundreds of billions of dollars, at least $100 billion meant for charity. Uh, It's been criticized by some of its most powerful and richest members. Mm. So there's good reason for people within the church to leave the church, even if they're not leaving Utah. So one thing that I didn't... I wasn't on top of this, but this was interesting. The church knows this is all happening. They have to know. They have too much money not to know this stuff is happening. So how are they trying to prevent all this, prevent their power from, like, loosening? One thing they did a few years ago was they changed... You know how Mormons have to go on these two-year mission trips? Mm -hmm. Uh, Famously in the Book of Mormon musical, Mm -hmm. right? Like, the whole thing. It used to be you have to be 19 if you're a guy and 21 if you're a woman. That's the age at which you go on your mission trip. Okay. But if you're 19 and male and you're going on your mission trip, what do you do when you're 18 and you graduated from high school? Well, you probably go to college for a year, Mm -hmm. then take two years off to go on your mission trip. If you're a woman, you might go to college for three years, maybe finish your degree before you go on your mission trip. trip. Because you don't have to go at that age. You just have to go after. Like, that's the earliest you can go. Right. But probably you want to get it out of the way. Well, I, a 38-year-old woman, would not want to spend two years (laughs) with a bunch of 19-year-old boys and 21-year-old girls. Uh, Thank you. Ever. Yeah. Ever. (laughs) But the thing is, they lowered... But the thing is, if you go to college, yeah. you're now surrounded by people who are questioning their faith ah. and surrounded by people who might make you question your faith. Uh, and most of them are going to BYU, yeah? Some of them, <laughs> yeah. so a lot of them, but not all of them. Mm-hmm. And that means, oh, you know what? I'm 18 and a half and I'm in college and I don't think I really want to go on my mission trip mm-hmm. anymore. I'm not a Mormon anymore. Hmm. They know that's happening. So they changed the ages from 19 and 21 to 18 and 19. Mostly Still to stop for women. Yeah, Why? mostly I don't know, but to stop the people who might take that year and go to college. Like they're also supporting to some degree gay and lesbian rights. We recently Expand heard on yeah, that. Yeah, uh, remember uh, when they overturned Roe v. Wade? One of the thing uh, things Clarence Thomas wrote in his opinion there was basically like, yeah, this would be a state's issue, and he even said like interracial marriage. Uh, one of the things. Critics pointed out is well that would apply to interracial marriage, mm-hmm. which uh, Clarence Thomas, which Clarence Thomas is a part is in. of. And what about all the <laughs> same sex? Part? Of what about all the same sex couples that got married and Obergefell made it national? Mm. What if that goes back to states too? Like is that on the chopping block? And so when the Mormon Church weighed in on that, because mm-hmm. nationally this is one good thing Democrats did, they said we're going to pass a bill saying no, those if you got married and you're a same sex couple. Mm-hmm. Um, they can't take that away from you. They codify that nationally. Well, the Mormon church said, yeah, we're not going to fight that. 
They could have. They they opposed it. I, oh, wait, wait, I'm not wait, giving them wait, a ton of wait, credit. Wait, 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 wait. What about Proposition 8? That was 2008. So? So? And so now, after Proposition what Proposition 8, 8 is, and the world of Mormon marriage. church had it. California said yeah. we're leaving it up to state, and the Mormon church was big on saying, Bank no, let's oppose it. rolled it. it. Yeah. So uh, forgive me for them being neutral is not enough for me to be like, oh, good job, gang. What are you... Come on, Hammond. That's a, Wait, what What did I say that opposes like, well, any of this? Been, they've been pretty good about it. No, no, like, no. I did not say they've been pretty good. I mm. said this is an example of them. You would expect the Mormon church to say, oh, no, we want this to go back to the states because mm. we want states to decide this. No. The Mormon church okay. said, this is back in November, uh, we support the legislation to safeguard same-sex marriages, and we're not going to fight this. What did they say about abortion? No, they didn't comment on that. Oh, because there's they're no women there. who yeah, run their thing, and right. they've never had to think um, about so that saying, before in their I'm entire saying life, they're taking these tiny little baby fine. steps. Yep. It's Don't give them credit more than they deserve here. Oh, but I won't. These baby <laughs> little steps yeah. are basically trying to stop people from leaving their church because they think it's too bigoted, too homophobic, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, they still want people to have big families, but they are having fewer kids than before. So this Utah is, is still very much a Republican and Mormon state, but it's way less than any of the numbers we've seen before uh, have indicated. So that's interesting. Very interesting. I mean, is there any, well, I guess, besides the Southern Baptist of it all, does it feel like almost every other religion is shifting left? Um, shifting left, meaning? Embracing things that they might have rejected 20 years ago, gay marriage, abortion, mm. trans people. Very, very vaguely. I mean, again, if you say, does the Catholic Church, when it said, we want to allow priests to bless same-sex couples a couple of weeks ago that we talked about. I think that's an example of is, that. Yeah. What are, why are they doing that? It's not because their theology dictates it, because they just change it up. Because attendance is down. They're trying to prevent people from calling them bigoted, which they are. And they're trying to prevent people from mm -hmm. leaving the church. Does that mean the church has shifted left? Has the Mormon church shifted left? Not really. But they are trying to stop the bleeding, yeah. And so, I don't know, they're trying to, but what it's would, not... Wait, what would you... So, if you're saying... So, from 2008 to 20... Whenever now. they... To now. So, they went from actively campaigning against it to mm -hmm. being like, whatever. Like, to it being is like, what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. We still oppose it in the church, but as far as a national... Like, but you don't think that's a, a movement to the left from... I don't think they're any, if they had said anything, no one would care because the Mormon church was not going to decide this issue. So this was a win-win for them because they could say, mm -hmm. you know what? We're not going to take part in this. We're not involving ourselves in yeah. this. Um, but we're absolutely not actively opposing it, which is what they did with Prop 8. Yeah, I guess it's so just a it's semantic a argument. But anyway, yeah. interesting. Very interesting. This is the funniest thing I wanted to talk about last week, and oh. we couldn't because we were doing the weekend review. Because I was being so funny. But we are absolutely <laughs> talking about this now. Um, hey, here's a question for you. Pop quiz. Hey. Okay. Jesus is what ethnicity? Uh, he's Palestinian. He would be born in the West Bank, uh, which is Palestinian-occupied, but uh, I knew that for Israel sure. I wasn't guessing. Controls. Uh, don't ask uh, me. He's Israeli-occupied. He's brown. Yeah. Yeah. He looks more like Hemet than he did me. Sure. <laughs> so consider this: <laughs> the if you thing I've ever said, Jesus. if you believe Jesus is born in Bethlehem, mm -hmm. you believe, then you are saying, yeah, he was born in the West Bank, which born is Israeli-occupied. I don't know where you're going Israel. with this. Born in the West Bank, I which is Israeli-occupied, mm -hmm. uh, which is to say. 
He's born in the Middle East. Yeah. Which is to say, technically, that's in Asia. So, Jesus Fuck is me, technically right. Asian. Uh-oh. If you accept that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, he was born in Asia, he is Asian. It's okay, very hold that embarrassing that I know that Indian people are technically Asian, but I'm very embarrassed about the fact that I did not make that jump from sure. Jesus is brown to Jesus is Asian, which is racist on my part, probably. Sure, but he is Asian. I yeah. mean, that is what Christians believe. Yeah. Okay, second thing that is also true. Different cultures have often depicted Jesus mm. in a way that is familiar to them. Correct. So if you go like if you go to Ethiopia, you will see paintings of an Ethiopian yeah, Jesus. Black Jesus. You can go see black Jesus. You could see Indian Jesus in India. Um, like painter the reason we're familiar with like a white European Jesus yeah. is because a lot of those Renaissance era paintings depicted him that way. This might be apocryphal, but I feel like I remember Leonardo da Vinci basing the look of Jesus on his boyfriend or something like that. Like something really fun and sassy. I would love for that to be true. Yeah, I have maybe. no idea. Somebody check me on that. Um, to be clear, those images of like a very white, long-haired Jesus, mm. they make no sense and considering... shredded. <laughs> shredded, of course, <laughs> just like Trump. Um, None of that makes any sense if you consider he, the Bible describes him as a dark-skinned, yeah. like he would have been a this Middle Eastern Jew. This is when they decide Jew. what literal interpretation of the Bible, <laughs> Bible means, yeah. the Bible. So the, the, the point is, if you're discussing like religious artwork mm. from somewhere like China, for example, you will see features, uh, paintings of Jesus with features that look familiar to the people there. There's Which is nothing nowhere weird. less inaccurate than <laughs> a white Jesus. And also, we're not talking about Muhammad here. You can... Picture him Paint however, him however you, you want. There is no photo of Jesus right, exactly. that we're working off of here. So, like, the point is there's nothing weird about any of those things I just said. Yeah. It happens everywhere. It's been going on forever. But... So, Christianity Today, oh God. White Evangelical oh, Magazine, guys. they published an essay. It was a photo essay by a uh, woman named Victoria Emily Jones. Mm. She has a blog that's called Art and Theology. That's kind of her jam. Cool. So she writes about how her religion, she's devoutly Christian, evangelical, I believe, but she writes about how artwork and theology intersect, whatever. Not yeah. really my thing, but good also for her. kind Fine. of inarguable, but yeah. So here's the beginning of her uh, essay. The beginning of her essay, which, of course, I can't find in front of me right now, oh, but God I will find it, it for you here. It's the first line that got everyone upset. Here's the first paragraph. Here we go. Jesus was born in Asia. He was Asian. Yet the preponderance of Christian art that shows him at home in Europe has meant that he is embedded deeply in the popular imagination as Western. To which I say... That is a wonderful opening statement. Right. I would say it sets her thesis up clearly. <laughs> I grabbed my attention. She's following the inverted pyramid. I'm sure. into it. I'm here for it. Good job. Good writing. A+. Every, everything she said there, I'm like, that sounds about right. Yeah. Like, yes, people in other because parts... Because there's certain things that are facts. Right. Um... And so what she I'm wrote in the essay... I'm very embarrassed that I didn't realize Israel is in Asia. I'm very, yeah. very, very embarrassed. So she says, the artists in this photo essay bring him back to Asia, but not to ancient Israel. They make the birth of Jesus mm. a local event, translating the story into their own cultural context. As dot, did dot, dot, every culture as, before. That's how art works. Christian yeah. artists who tackle the subject of the incarnation are often aiming not at historical realism. Mm -hmm. So they're not depicting him as like dark skinned Israeli Jesus. Mm -hmm. They're not, they're aiming not at historical realism, but at theological meaning. Yeah. Which 
to me, says, yeah, we want to paint Jesus as, like, an Ethiopian Jesus. Why? Yeah, that's, that's not what he looked like, according to the Bible, but this is the way we could spread the story, spread the gospel we want to spread in a way that is familiar to our people. And part of the story is that he is all of us, right? He is each, he's our personal that Jesus. Is, so like he idea. is whoever we want him to be. And boy, oh boy, I cannot wait to hear that. Yeah. So, I'm so excited. The reason this is a photo essay, she didn't write that much. Everything yeah. I just read to you is kind of the introductory paragraphs. And then she just says, here's some paintings. You might not be familiar with a lot of them. Asian or is it global stuff? It's all, all Asian, Asian cool. but Asia is big. So I have a couple of them up here. You could see this is from a Korean uh, artist and you could see the features. Oh, that's yeah, it's very interesting. Oh, I love it. This is uh, another one from a Filipino artist. And it's just, wow. we'll, we'll post these in the Facebook group and stuff. But it's just, oh, I've never seen a painting like that. But it clearly shows the nativity scene yeah, with people who don't look like the white European yeah, characters. I really liked that. That you tend that to see one. in the nativity scenes outside Capitol cool. buildings. Um, and as she described it, like, the visual interpretations of this sacred story offer a gift of beauty to the global church. Fine, whatever you do. I bet you. white people loved it. <laughs> like, here's the thing. I'm reading all this. Yeah. None of this is controversial. No. If anything, I would say Christians could read this article, look at the artwork, and say, see, look at how universal our story is, mm -hmm. as you just mentioned. Look at how our story transcends mm -hmm. cultures and geographical boundaries. Mm -hmm. That is not how anyone responded Are to this. Like, I knew this Con was coming, yeah. but really? Conservative Christians were so mad like, at this article. Like, specifically about what? All right, let me read you some stuff. I just, okay, because I just want to, before you read them to me. Yes. Let's just re-kind of set. Let's reset ourselves. Jesus was Middle Eastern. Correct. He was not white. Correct. Most famous depictions have depicted him as white, but those and also yes. were, and shredded, but those also were painted 600 years ago slash 1400 years before after he was dead yes. so we don't really know what he looks like and but what i mean we, we know he know, was buff we, we just <laughs> don't know well when he was on the cross he was doing those crunches where you bring your right, knees up right. so that's how you that's how you got abs that's the secret pit. to the bottom part uh, uh, <laughs> i'm not the first person to make that one no but it was very good there you go. um Okay, but but I just want to make sure we're all on the same page that yep. Jesus was brown and not white like white people and imagine she, him. And the author of that piece is correct. If you believe the story, yeah. he is Asian. Here's okay. the thing where like, you and people have a framed picture of Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi <laughs> and they think it's Jesus. Yes. That's very good for so me. So <laughs> here are some of the tweets. Did you guys read the Bible? Please delete your account. This is to Christianity today. Okay, here's a real one. Blasphemy. Oh. Jesus is a Jew. It's necessary for our salvation that he is a son of David from the tribe of Judah and born in Bethlehem. Stop this nonsense. He isn't European, Asian, Palestinian, or black. He's a Jew, the king of the Jews, and therefore the savior of the world. To which... No, my... I'm the first to admit that my overall understanding of, like, Judaism is limited at best, but... There I are Jews in Asia, dude. That's that's it. You can be Jew, both. Like you can't preclude ethnicities by saying that they're he has to be Jewish because Jew Judaism is both an ethnicity and a religious that identity. Too. Like separate it's not issue, that but simple. yes. Another person. This is from a guy who works for the Babylon Bee. No, not which no is, blue eyed Jews, but this 
fucking painting that we see does not read Jewish to me. Uh, this is from another one. Next, can you please do an article with a bunch of AI images of Jesus if he were Rosa Parks? Well, that was a pretty I big leap. don't even know what they're going for there. Another one. He was a Jew. You should change your name to heresy today. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Honestly, I know I just said a Jew, but it really makes me feel uncomfortable to hear you say it. So I'm just going to go yeah, ahead and yeah. apologize right. for saying because it feels yucky when you say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's all in the tone. Okay. Here's another one. You should change your name to today. There's nothing Christian going on over there. I think you should have led with that one and then done the heresy today <laughs> one because that one was a stronger punchline. Here's, here's another one. Jesus was born in America. He was American. See, I can say stupid stuff too. Even though she's not making any claims that Jesus was born anywhere else, she's just talking about societal recreations of him. And being Asian is much, much, much worse than being blue-eyed and, like, light brown hair because... Oh, racism. I forgot. Sometimes I forget racism. Ken Ham chimed in. Oh, good. Creationist Ken Ham says, how could an item depicting Jesus as Asian be even published in a... Christian, with quote hands, magazine. Well, it's all consistent with what has been happening over the years with a rampant compromise in the church on Genesis. Of course, it goes back to Genesis with him. Genesis? Yeah. Wait, what was the compromise on Genesis? Oh, because if you don't take the book of Genesis literally, all hell breaks loose, and that's why answers but in which, Genesis exist. So but he's which saying, book of Genesis? Because there's two... No, no, there's no. Two the ge- whole oh, thing. There's... It's, it's all perfect. Shut up. Oh, sorry. Is his I'm answer. So sorry. I forgot is about his answer. Lilith. But again, I'm going back to his. How could they depict Jesus as Asian? Cause he was, you moron. And, and like, my favorite. Even if that's not true, who cares? And why am I the one defending that? Okay. Yeah. Truly. I, what, what are we doing? <laughs> Franklin Graham, evangelist I hate Franklin Graham. Today. Franklin Graham chimed yeah. in too. What did he have to say? Where is, oh, where is this pants is, zipped? This is the prototypical. No, he's not the one that does the God unzipping of the pants. That's all the other ones. They keep them straight. Yeah, they can't either. <laughs> uh, here's Franklin Graham. Who's are they are they trying to cancel the real Jesus? <laughs> what? <laughs> he used cancel like a Netflix comedian. Many have criticized Christianity Today for their article about artists depicting Jesus as Asian, and I also have to ask, in all caps, why? Because it's a thing that exists in the world, and the world is a big and beautiful and interesting place, and it's really great to learn how other I, people are worshiping the same God as you daddy, in their own way. He's mad Isn't that a beautiful thing? Doesn't Jesus unite us all? <laughs> his daddy Why founded can the magazine. I do that and he can't? I know. His daddy founded the magazine, so he's especially mad. Oh but he's boy. like, what is behind this speculation from Christianity Today and this author? Is its purpose to cast doubt on the word of Wait, God? Wait, could you reread that? Cause what is the... He thinks Christianity today is making the speculation? this speculation? Yeah. That's it, not what that means. It was not. Speculative Correct. would mean that... The, no, They didn't say, we don't know where he was born, so let's just assume it's Asia. No, no, no. They're saying, you know how the Bible says it's Bethlehem? Uh, let's go to Bethlehem on a map. Oh, look, Does it says Asia. Can you reread her opening shit for me? I just want to see if she addresses it. Jesus was born in Asia, period. Uh, he was Asian, period. Oh, I <laughs> That's see. That's it. That's No, I do see now. I uh-huh. see why they're so angry. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Do you think it's a... <laughs> there was Truly, also... Real question. Is this a failure of geography in American yes. schools? Uh, that is 100%. <laughs> 
That is so where I am going with this. Genuinely, the worst part of this podcast is that, like, I learned something on this spot, and then I realized how fucking dumb I've been for 38 years until now, and now all of you know that shit, too. Uh, thank you for, for standing by me in this trying time of mine. Go ahead, Hammett. Oh, there was also a bunch of racist tweets, which I won't read here. Fox mm, News posted you. an article what about the controversy. They didn't add any commentary. No. They just said Christian magazine ridiculed after insisting Jesus, quote, was Asian. This I, is, oh, by yeah. the way, this is from the same network that once had Megyn Kelly as a, uh, what, anchor woman. Mm. Megyn Kelly famously said Jesus was white. And Santa Claus was white. And Santa Claus was white. I'm mad about both of those things, if I remember right. She said, Jesus, this is Megyn Kelly circa 2013. Mm. Jesus was a white man, too. It's like we had... Two? In addition? Yep. Uh, He's a historical figure. That's a verifiable fact, as is Santa. I just want kids to... Yep. I just want kids to know that. How do you revise it in the middle of the legacy in the story and change Santa from white to black? She was mad because there was a black Santa in an article someone wrote about, like having a black Santa in their home. And she looped Jesus into it. And she looped Jesus into it. And she said, Jesus is white. He's a historical figure that's a verifiable fact. And Santa is is white too. Yeah, it's her. Oh, but that's. Anyway, I'm just saying. That's the Fox News I yeah. grow, grew up at to yeah. love, and Fox is mad about this. Uh, but to your point, the bottom line is that a bunch of morons just found out that the West Bank is in Asia, and they cannot believe someone Don't writing... Don't me a moron to my face. <laughs> and someone writing for a Christian media outlet had the audacity to point that out while sharing how the story of Christ is very popular in other cultures, because that's a bad thing, apparently. I'm very curious. I would love a little counterfactual of if she did not lead with... Jesus was born in Asia. He is Asian. If she just said... If she looped that into the second paragraph, they no, never would have gotten that, that far. No, not, yeah, fair enough. But like, <laughs> if, they, if she literally just said, like, all around the world, people change Jesus into the image that suits them. Here are some examples that we don't see very often from Asia. Oh, yeah. They would have been fine with that. It's Do the fact think? that she literally said he's Asian. And isn't that an interesting way to open up my article about how Asians today all across Asia, yeah. depict Jesus in their image. So you're, they are yelling. I guess I was thinking they were, commenters were mad at the artists, but they're really mad at the author. They're not mad at the artists. They're mad at the author. that she's, okay. I was misunderstanding mm. what everyone was mad about because what they're mad no, no, about no. is so you fucking have not. pointless. No, no, no. They're mad about crazy stuff that makes no sense, period. Just different crazy stuff than I thought. Probably, yeah. yes. Uh, the article was fine. Like, there are reasons to be mad at Christianity today. I won't belabor that point here. Mm. This is not one of them. It really is not. And I feel like they've done good journalism in the past. <laughs> their journalism yeah. is fine. They yeah. do a good job. I respect their, like, news side. Yeah. And they publish a bunch of shitty op-eds. That's yeah. how those outlets work. I have really strong, stupid opinions. I don't know why nobody lets me write an op-ed. Just, I guess this is my op-ed. Well, now you know how to start it. <laughs> yeah, right? Just uh, piss off a bunch of people. Yep. Just say Jesus is Asian. Mm-hmm. Job done. I'm going to say he was a penguin and really from Antarctica. There you go. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, Chick-fil-A. This is another one I wanted to talk about last week, but it's okay. This is still in the news. I hate talking about Chick-fil-A. Because I've been doing it. I know we've talked about this before. I've been talking about fucking Chick-fil-A since the jump when I started working with him, <laughs> which was 2012, which yep. marks 
a dozen years that I've had to think about fucking Chick-fil-A. Yep. So Chick-fil-A uh, famously is clo- uh, it's closed on Sundays because the Christian founders want a day of rest to honor their evangelical Asian God. I mean, it's nice that they give people a day off on Sunday. I think yeah. it's a bad business practice, but go off. So this is where it gets interesting because, for example, at in Minneapolis, St. Paul, at their airport there, Usually the contract, if you want to have a restaurant in the airport, mm-hmm. is you got to be open all the days because we fly every day and people want food every day. Yeah, people have that nasty <clears throat> habit of eating every day. But the people who run the concessions at that airport, that's not the government. That's like some private third-party group or something. And they're like, no, we're just here to make money. And they said, Chick-fil-A said they wanted to open up a shop here. This is years ago, mm. like 2015. Yeah, I remember talking about this. Um, they said Chick-fil-A wanted to open up, but they were going to be closed on Sunday. But we said, no, it's fine because... You make us a ton of money even in the six days you're open. And it's more than the seven days a lot of other restaurants are open. So that's a compromise we will take if that's what it takes to get you in the airport. Which makes financial sense. If they think it's going to be a money maker. Because money is their, that concession owner, that's their goal. Yeah. So fine, I get that. That's a goal for, let's be clear, all businesses is to make money. So this is where it gets interesting. Lawmakers in New York, there is a state-owned there are a bunch of transportation hubs. Okay. Uh, and it's owned by like the state officials and the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of new ones being built in the coming years. And so lawmakers recently proposed legislation that said for all those future vendors at all those locations that are opening up, we want them to be open seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Not because their interests should be making money, but because, as they say in the legislation, um, we can't have it close. We can't have, here's what they actually said in the legislation. While there is nothing objectionable about a fast food restaurant closing on a particular day of the week, service areas dedicated to travelers is an inappropriate location for such a restaurant. Allowing for retail space to go unused one seventh of the week or more is a disservice and unnecessary inconvenience to travelers Mm -hmm. who rely on these service areas. Because they're not talking about randos who just happen to be traveling on Sunday. They're like, we have truck drivers coming through these rest stops. Yeah. They need something. And if we're saying, hey, we have a chicken shop here, Chick-fil-A, but we have a couple of other options, but the thing they need to, for their sustenance it's, is the chicken, it's like, well, then we can't have it closed. Well, and you, if you're something like that, you need consistency. You can't have people driving around being like, oh, I don't know if they're open. I'm going to pass yeah, it up. Yeah, that too. And as a traveler, not lately, but um, Midway in the last 10 years or so has like super redone their airport and they have put in a bunch of like bars and dinner places, which mm-hmm. is fine, but I almost always travel in the morning. And I can tell you there's like one fucking Dunkin' Donuts there now, and it's massively inconvenient for literally everybody. <laughs> so I can I can absolutely understand why they're like, no, 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 no. Like it's not even about the money they make. It's about it's about how pissed off passengers get because they have to wait 45 right. minutes for a cold bagel. Sure. So lawmakers are proposing this legislation. <laughs> And it's sensible. Stand up from 1992, thank you. There you go. And so, sensible legislation. They pointed out Chick-fil-A is an example of a restaurant that is open not every day of the week. Ooh, maybe they shouldn't have named Chick-fil-A. That might have been a poor choice. They did it on purpose. Like, they were saying, we know this is going to affect Chick-fil-A because they actually have... Uh, Apple Green is the name of the company that operates all these service areas. And they say... Apple Green's... The rest stops? Yeah. Oh, okay. They're saying that's the vendor that operates all of these things. Mm -hmm. And actually, at the places we already have, 
Chick-fil-A is at seven of those locations. Oh. And they pointed out, like, that's fine. We are not asking them to do anything differently. Or close down. Or, or close down or anything. They're just saying for all the future places that are going to open, no more. including Chick-fil-A, if you want to open at the new places, this is what we are asking of everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's proposed legislation. I don't think it's passed yet. But again... It doesn't affect the seven Chick-fil-A's that are already in existence at these rest stops. Mm-hmm. They're not touching those. Yeah. So that's it. That's the proposed legislation. Makes sense. It wouldn't even be a standalone restaurant where you could do whatever you want. Yeah. This is at a rest area designed to help travelers. Yeah. Um, and if it makes you money, great. It's a win-win for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the idea. And oh everyone is mad. Uh, The guy who sponsored the bill, his name is Tony Simone, he told CNN in an interview, the bill has nothing to do with religion, and it has nothing to do with any political positions like that Chick-fil-A has taken in the past or anything like that. you just can't. He not, said, you can't not follow the rules. Yeah, he said, this is about making sure the throughways have rest stops that support and have our travelers be able to be serviced. This is a consumer protection bill. Yeah. He said. Um, Lindsey Graham, oh senator boy. from South Carolina is already fundraising off of this. He actually posted uh, a tweet basically in front of the Manhattan, a Chick-fil-A in Manhattan. I don't know why he was there, but he was. Why was he in Manhattan? I don't know. I thought he hates New York. Of course, unless they actually want to go somewhere fun. I'm sorry, are there no Chick-fil-A's in wherever he's from? South Carolina, yeah. He said if the New York legislation passes, he'll introduce a bill in Congress, quote, withholding federal funds from any city or state that requires Chick-fil-A to open on Sundays. <laughs> Which, of course, is it's bullshit. He's not going to so do this, and it wouldn't pass. But the idea is that, I just want to be clear, no one is forcing Chick-fil-A to do anything they don't want to do. They said, if you can't stay open seven days a week, that's fine, mm. but then don't go in the new rest areas that we're going to open. Then you'll have to find another place in the entire country yeah, to open Yeah, there are only store. thousands of other locations you already have that can already do this. Like Chick-fil-A, no one's saying you have to change your policies. They're L- saying Literally nobody. You, nobody, nobody. But they're saying if you want to be on in this particular little vestibule, you yeah. have to follow the best vestibule. Then you have to follow our rules. Right, which is, and if you don't want to, that's I fine. the whole fucking thing on the right is companies get to do whatever the fuck they want, but is that only when they're being discriminatory against queer people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I got confused again. Like, there's nothing illegal about the New York bill. There's nothing to rally around. No (sighs) one's calling for, like, a Chick-fil-A boycott, as they may have done in the past. It's more like Lindsey Graham and other right-wing grifters are just using any opportunity to pretend they are defending Christianity. It's so transparent. You know what I mean? Like, it just... New, it, the it's Tony so Simone. hard to watch people just be grifters out in public and watch people just fall hook, line, and sinker for it. Yeah. It's exhausting to Tony watch. Simone, the sponsor of that bill, told reporters, Graham just hasn't read the bill, and if he had, he would know that the legislation would not affect current Chick-fil-A locations. And to me, I'm just saying that's that is very giving generous. him a lot of grace. A lot of grace. Graham knows how to read. He knows what the bill says. He just doesn't care. And whether or not he read it, somebody on his staff fucking read it and you summed it up for him, right? Like, yeah, it's just or easier to it. whip gullible conservatives into a frenzy over an issue like this and raise money off of it than to be honest with them because that's not what Republicans do. Oh, I hate it all. Uh, so Chick Fil A, interestingly enough, hasn't said anything about the New York bill, and I don't know why they would because the bill is fine and it's not attacking them and. They they have nothing to complain about. I, j- yeah, fine. Uh-huh. I just, I find it so exhausting, don't you? It's my job to not be exhausted. But to, how, 
Uh, Let's talk about the Ten Commandments. Like literally because of this podcast, I cannot read the news on my phone because (laughs) it just sends me into a dither. And you're just like beep bop boop. This is a new this is a new bill promoted by uh, filed by Republican State Representative Jim Olson in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. If his bill passes, uh, every public school classroom in the state will be forced to display a copy of the Ten Commandments. And that is how he plans to improve the education system, ranked 48 in America. I feel like we've been in, spent a lot of time in Oklahoma recently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They have Ryan Walters, the superintendent, yeah. who's a Christian nationalist. Speaking of whom, my mom called me out because she said one time Hammond said Oklahoma, and you just went, oh, and then didn't say anything else. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's an inside joke from 25 years ago with people who I haven't spoken to in 15 years. <laughs> it's just a musical we saw. Somebody started Oklahoma, and they just went, Oklahoma, and I'm sorry and it's that I'm not a funny inside joke. No, of course it's not funny, but yeah. I didn't realize I do it until my mom pointed it out. Thanks, nice. mom. Nice. <laughs> so, according to this bill, beginning oh, yeah. in next fall, every beginning public in next fall, uh, 2024, it. every public school shall display in a clear place a mm. durable poster, framed copy of the Ten Commandments. He actually says it has to be 16 inches wide by 20 inches tall, and it must be legible to a person with average vision. I love that they've learned <laughs> from all of these things of like, okay, you guys, they're trying to make a workaround, so it has to be big, I know. and it has to be durable, He's and still, it has to be super good, okay? He still screwed up. But... What did he miss? I'll tell you in a second. But he also... They also Was it in trying English? To, trying to get around, trying to get around the proverbial, like, how are they going to screw this up? He actually says, this is what it must say on the poster. Oh. And wrote out, like, Ten Commandments at the top, and then this is the literal writing of what the commandments have to say, and it says you can't have anything else on the Wait, poster. Wait, did he say... Did you just send a PDF? Basically, oh, I mean, or it, was he saying you it's can proposed do- legislation? This is but, in the bill. I'm sorry, like, is he sending schools a PDF? No, this is what the poster is. He's saying it's just, just the, the, this is the text. Like, you. I you. am the Lord thy God, and I am Lord are all in all caps. It mm-hmm. has to be that way. Yeah, yeah, because otherwise Jesus won't like you. Right. Yeah. Got um, it. The classroom also says that if any classroom doesn't have a poster or has one that doesn't meet all the requirements. Every individual classroom. Every single classroom. Then they must accept a privately donated poster that meets the requirements. Now, two things about it. Nowhere in the bill does it say what the penalty would be oh. if a school or classroom does not participate in this charade, which seems important. What would the penalty... Wait, are there penalties for other... Like, la- uh, It could be. It depends on the bill. But it, like, you okay. could say, we're not going to give you funding if you don't do this. And then you're going to run on the fact that we shut down an elementary school because they didn't want to put it's up the Republican a- way. Yeah. The other thing is, and you mentioned it. Thank you. What did they forget to mention in this thing? That what? the poster has to be written in English. Oh, I got it. You did get it. Nice work, Jessica. Yep. I am smart. Um, Which means you could technically, as I... Already asked Chaz Stevens. He was all, uh, the activist from Florida. He's already on top of it. He made Arabic language signs already. Yeah. He's ready to go if this bill passes. You got it, bud. Um, you could do it in Klingon. You could do it in whatever language you want. Mm. <laughs> um, but to quote a federal judge oh. who once declared this sort of thing illegal, there is no context plausibly suggesting that this plainly religious message has any broader secular meaning. Like... This God, is... I love when judges are just like, 
listen, dude, we see what you are doing. Because it feels so often that we see judges being like, yeah, that Joe Kennedy's rights were being, oh, like playing the game with them. Mm-hmm. I love this, like, hey, guy, we, we, I can read this thing. What's the purpose of this? There is none. There's no educational benefit to telling kids they can't have other gods before the one true Christian God Mm -hmm. or that they can't make false idols or Mm. take God's name in vain Mm -hmm. or have sex with people they're not married to or anything like that. That's one of them? Don't covet your neighbor's wife. Oh, I thought that was don't be jealous. That too. I don't know. Do do kindergartners really need to be told not to commit adultery? I feel like if I read that in a kid's book, the right-wingers would want to ban it. Also, I feel like we don't point out enough that it's don't covet your neighbor's wife, which applies that the reader is male because it's a heteronormative thing. Mm -hmm. So I would argue this doesn't apply to women. This is in Oklahoma, by the way. Excuse me, that was a really cool uh, observation I made, and I just needed to take a beat and be like, Jess, you're valuable to this podcast. I'm still stuck on the Oklahoma, and I resent you for it. Yep. Yep. It's obviously illegal. But the thing that's really fascinating about this is in Oklahoma, teachers went on strike in 2018. They never said, you know what we are are striking for? We want more Jesus in the classroom. Mm. They fought. uh, Here's this is from a news article. Oklahoma's is going through teacher shortages and it's gotten worse. Emergency teacher certifications have more than doubled since that walkout in 2018. Mm-hmm. The state almost quadrupled its use of adjunct teachers in the 2021-2022 mm-hmm. school year. Perfect. Those Into are teachers it. who are not held to any state requirements when it comes to teaching certifications. Some teachers uh, teachers did see pay increases and increased classroom funding over the last five years, partly because they st- we're striking yeah. and even Republicans are like, all right, we got to do something. Have we talked about Texas lawmakers may, are making school days four days a week as an incentive to bring uh, teachers in of yeah. like, hey, four day weeks because yeah. they can't pay them more. So they'll just give them a day off. Anyway, capitalism is going good. Yep. Go ahead. Oklahoma. But no matter even if you're paying teachers a little more, uh, Oklahoma still ranks in the bottom half of all states when it comes to pay, mm. even with the raises mm. and per pupil spending is still among the lowest in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. This is also the same state where a Ten Commandments monument was erected on the Capitol grounds of Oklahoma, and it was declared unconstitutional in 2015. In yeah, 2016, that was 2015. I know, Hammett. but in 2016, there was then uh, an attempt to repeal p- the reason it was declared unconstitutional is because Oklahoma's constitution says you can't do this shit. There's church-state separation. Uh-huh. So Republican lawmakers said, we're going to put that on a ballot and say, why don't we cross out that part of our constitution And in 2016, voters in Oklahoma rejected that repeal. How can you in good faith think this is a good way to capitalize on your power? I know. And then what did Republicans do after voters are like, no, 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 we like church-state separation? They drafted a bill allowing displays of historically significant documents, including the Ten Commandments, to go up in public spaces. That bill failed, too. Like, they still couldn't get that passed because enough Republicans in Oklahoma are like, we don't, we don't want to play this game. I'm very curious and to now see this how this election shakes out. And now this idiot is doing this. Jim Olson, by the way, the guy who sponsored this, mm. his whole career has been, how can I make your life worse? He's sponsored My bills. My life personally? Everybody's Great. Life. He's sponsored bills, sponsored bills, to punish doctors who provide health care to women, reduce the penalty... For people unlawfully carrying weapons. Well, they need it. Uh, he wanted to ban the teaching of the 1619 Project. Sure. Uh-huh. He Hate cited... to hear about yep. history. He also... Uh, there was a bill mm. that would ban corporal punishment, spanking, paddling, slapping, for disabled students in school. 
And he opposed that bill. On what grounds? Because the Bible says, no, you know, it doesn't. spare the rod, spoil, spoil the, the child. child. Yeah. To hit disabled a kids. monster. A yeah. fucking monster. Uh, the one support. What's this guy's name? Jim Olson. Jim Olson has an ally, it. of course, in the state superintendent of public instruction, Ryan Walters, the Christian nationalist who is all of these things. He shares a name with the guy who played saxophone I went to sure. seventh grade with. Yes. He, the, I hope he listens one day. <laughs> Ryan Walters has already approved the nation's first religious charter school, which Congrats. is currently being uh, debated in court. Talked about he promoted Prager U material in school. He <laughs> formed a faith committee to examine prayer in public school. It was that committee that said we should totally put the Ten Commandments in every classroom. What was because that committee only has Christians on it? He said, "Oh God, should I even get into this to examine?" Public schools? Like, what was the Yeah, he formed survey. a faith committee to examine prayer in public schools. To what, to what extent? He just emailed his buddies and said, come on board. We'll give you an official title. But to what, to what end? Like, what, is he trying well, to prove the end something? Was, yeah, that Christianity will win. And then those friends but of his said, we know what we could do. Why don't we put the Ten Commandments in every classroom? Which is illegal, but it doesn't matter. Anyway, Jim Imagine Olson's now acting people on were as... As much as zealots about putting the Constitution up everywhere, the Bill of Rights up everywhere, mm. instead of their dumbass fucking America. They would see the 14th idols. Amendment and be like, what? <sighs> um, there was one uh, Representative Mickey Dollins, who is a Democrat in Excuse Oklahoma. Me, Mickey Dollins, the monkey? That's correct. Uh, he is an Oklahoma Democrat. And <laughs> they have like three of them. And he said on Twitter, he was pretty uh, opposed to all of this. He said, Jim Olson, who cited the Bible on uh, the House floor to justify the spanking of children with disabilities, great. has introduced a bill that would mandate the display of the Ten Commandments, yada, yada, yada. Christian nationalist politicians believe they have divine authority to enact laws based on their interpretation of the Bible, forcing their religious beliefs on society. This is unconstitutional exclusionary and dangerous hmm. by endorsing a state sanctioned religion. They undermine the foundational principle of religious freedom upon which the United States was built, which is nice. Wow. If only there were like more of him, there are not. But I mean, I feel like we're seeing, listen, far be it from me to be optimistic about anything, but it seems like, we're hitting a sort of tipping point of the populace is no longer supporting these. Hey, these, when these you things. gerrymander your way into power and when you have enough but Republicans I mean, to keep you there. And I know, and I know this is maybe naive or whatever, but like if three, what three quarters of Oklahomans are cool with whatever, what was it? Mm -hmm. Abortion or, or gay marriage or something like that. Like, at what point do the Republicans have to look around and be like, we can't gerrymander our way out of just being a minority They're population? Find out soon in Wisconsin. I mean, truly, like, isn't that like, is this just the dying gasps of a of a? I try to hold on to whatever power you have. That's what Trump is doing now, too. Yeah, I guess By the so. way, Chess Stevens, I mentioned, he had already written up an Arabic version of the Ten Commandments poster. Mm. Um, I want to show you one other one. If you want to oh. come look at this, this is another poster he made. He said, oh, it has to be legible. All right. And it's all in English, but he oh, just boy. very much highlighted the words kill, adultery, steal. Just for shits and giggles. And no other word is highlighted to that. Because it doesn't I say... I sure like that a whole lot. Because it's not just highlighted. It is like word-arted. Yeah. <laughs> I, I should also mention Texas tried to pass a bill 
just like this Ten Commandments things. Yeah, that uh, sounded last familiar. Year. And at the time, Democratic lawmaker James Tallarico really did a wonderful job dismantling all the arguments for why it needed to be in the classroom. Basically mm-hmm. saying, I'm a Christian, but I have a question about why do you think they need to be told the first four commandments? Why do they need to be taught about this? Yeah. And the lady who sponsored the bill had no good answers. Really? And that bill didn't go anywhere. You would think they would have like a little... Sc- well, I guess they're just not ever expecting... They haven't, thought of, they haven't read the commandments. They don't know what they're doing. Well, and they're never expecting anybody to push back because they think they're Christian and they get whatever they want. Correct. Ugh, I hate it. I got one last story for you here. Um, and this is an article that was in the New York Times that... Uh, I'm glad they did it. I wish it was more than it was. But it involved the Covenant School in Nashville, Tennessee. That was the private school that back in March of last year, there was a shooter uh, who murdered three children and three adults. And it was a private Christian school where this happened. How terrible is it that I just completely forgot about that? Well, there's been another one today as we speak. I mean, yeah, yeah, unfortunately. In Iowa, right? Uh, Yeah, in Iowa today. But yeah, so at at the time, the fear was that you know, it didn't matter that this happened at a private Christian school because this was Tennessee and Republicans in Tennessee have no desire to do anything to protect children. We knew that. They, this is a group of people that just passed a law banning drag shows in the name of child safety. Mm. They weren't going to do anything useful. Yeah. They weren't going to do anything in response to even God, this tragedy. It's so infuriating <clears throat> what they're fucking... Spe- These people are spending their time trying to put up signs in classrooms and banning men in dresses from reading to their children when their children are getting murdered in their schools. Like, how can they not... Right. How can they grab onto the least important shit ever? Don't worry. They did propose a bill, Republicans Arming in Tennessee. Teachers. Uh No, to oh. lower the age to legally carry a handgun in Fuck public you. from 21 to 18. So here's the thing. The New York Times Do ran an what? article. Are they... Is it... it listen, is it, next year they'll lower it to eight. But, like, I is assume. it just... People want guns. If we lower, if we give people guns, they'll vote for us. Is that all they think? They think more guns is more safety. Do they really think that though? I think they really think that because they're insane. But like, doesn't I mean I know of course, but like, couldn't they see the numbers of when the assault weapon ban expired? They don't, they don't and, do numbers. Like how? They don't. Why do, facts. do they think that? I just don't understand how somebody can look at what is happening in this country and be like, yeah, the problem is we don't have enough guns. Well, if you had more guns, you would solve the problems of the bad people with guns because they all think they're good people with guns, even though they're not. Yeah, but like, what about drive-by shootings? What about like somebody just walking down a street and somebody... Listen, these people get mad about Asian Jesus. They'll find reason to be mad about anything. My student showed up to help me uh, at the barn and told me that she was in school for her one final in the morning, but got stuck in school for like several hours because there was a shooting at a nearby bar. I learned more about this shooting at a nearby bar in Wheaton that happened at 9 a.m. and it was over. Go ahead. Just, just oh, go Wheaton ahead. Wheaton bar? Jesus. At 9 a.m. At 9 a.m.? Mm-hmm. And somebody died. I, I don't know where to begin. It what, was over why? leftover pizza. Hmm. So if you guys think that that kind of thing is worth somebody dying over, then yeah, fine. Give everybody fucking guns. And if anybody pisses... Lord knows if you're going to give everybody guns and the kind of people who go into restaurants and abuse servers, you think that's going to go good for y'all? Like, what What are they doing, So on doing, to the story haven't? here. So Aren't here's the mad? story in the New York... Yeah, I was mad in March. So here's the news story. 
The New York Times published an article about some of the parents who sent their kids to the Covenant School. So they were directly impacted by this, even if their kids were not the literal victims, but they are victims in a different way. Certainly victims. Um, So they said a lot of these parents believed that lawmakers who might have ignored this issue in the past would at least listen to them when it comes to gun safety. Here's an example of the article. Sandy Hook, anyone? Here's, Here's from the article. Mary Joyce and other Covenant parents felt they stood a better chance than anyone at cutting through the divisions on gun control. Among them, among these parents, Mm. were former Republican aides, gun owners, and lifelong conservatives who could afford to spend days at the legislature. And I'll just stop there, because you already know where this story is going. I know where this is going. You know where it's going. Our listeners know where this is going. It's the so- only people who don't seem to know where this is going are these parents. I mean, it's the, le- the I never thought the leopard eating yes. your face party would eat my face. Yes. It's- they thought that being conservative Christian Republicans, almost all white, mm-hmm. who had a history of prioritizing guns over people, mm-hmm. would grant them some kind of power that everyone else didn't possess, that lawmakers would see, look, this isn't just liberals doing some gun grab and trying to take away your constitutional rights Mm. like all of us want safety measures that are uh in all of our best interests which is the sort of bullshit you could only believe if you are fed a steady stream of conservative propaganda in your media diet absolutely truly is i think it has to do and like it kind of on top of that leopard eating my face party there is a and you hear victims say this all the time. I never thought it could happen to me. Nobody ever thinks it can happen to them. It's the thing that happens to other people. Yeah. But the guy who officiated my wedding, his brother got shot to death over a stupid argument. Like, this is touching everybody's lives, and only narcissists think it won't touch theirs. And yeah. frankly, look at what they're doing. These are This is a party of narcissists who think that they are the stars of the show. They're the main character. And, oh, those kids who got killed in Texas? Well, what did they do wrong? Like, it's nonsense. Here's and what they I were, hope they all feel... Ugh. Here's what these parents were asking for. They said they were calling for that means sensible action that would have prevented this particular shooter who had mental health issues from, quote, legally purchasing seven firearms. They thought they could make some leeway on that. Like, if you have a mental health issue, that person should be uh, red flagged and not allowed to purchase guns. Lawmakers ignored them. It didn't matter that one of these parents was a Southern Baptist Convention leader and a former executive director of the state Republican Party who owned a ton of guns, or that his argument to prevent gun violence was all about being pro-life. It didn't matter. <laughs> yep, he did that. It didn't it's matter. like you can't be both of those things. Uh-huh. It didn't matter that they argued against another GOP proposal to let certain gun owners take handguns onto school campuses because they were like, this is going to further traumatize our kids. The heartless Republican lawmakers ignored them, did nothing, because of course they did. Here's from the article again. It was demoralizing, some of the mothers said, to be talked down to, to see lawmakers who had sympathized with their pain in private still vote against them in public. Mm. Did you know, the parents asked one another, that it was like this? Yeah, dog! How did I not know? Hold on. And then, ultimately, the legislature sent... Uh, you the know governor, I have a gay nephew? Gay on. people aren't bad after all. The legislature sent the governor a few policy bills, but none that the covenant parents had prioritized passed. When is it going to be the right group of people that gets affected for someone to listen? Miss Joyce asked on the final day, adding, I thought we were close enough to their children. And here's the thing. 
I really don't want to condemn these parents no, who know. bear their souls to do the I'm right being thing. An absolute bitch because to them. if you want them to change their views yeah. and do the right thing, which they are doing here, kind of. I mean, it's something. Then you got to give them some leeway to allow them to be wrong of in the course. past, right? Like it's more than we can expect from Republicans. Yes. Um. So we can appreciate that they're trying now that it personally affected them, and yet. This is what bothered me about the article. There's nothing in the article that suggests these people are going to stop voting for a Republican Party that is not. beholden to gun lobbyists. They might support support like political challengers willing to compromise on guns. That was in the article. But they're not openly saying they'll vote for Democrats who actually want to take action, no, including the two black guys and the one white woman who were kicked who out of the legislature of yeah. after they protested the lack of gun uh, reform in this very legislature. Are they going to vote for people like that? The article didn't ask, or maybe they did, but it wasn't in there. So I don't know. I kind of want to know, because unless I know the answer to that, I really can't take their claims here seriously. I mean, listen, Sandy Hook was 12 years ago now. So I think we have far since passed the right demographic needs to be to be hit. Because, right, those were mostly white, pretty affluent people in, mm-hmm. in Sandy Hook who lost their kids and nothing happened off the backs of that. I As the saying went, like, if it happened to, like, kindergartners, first graders, whatever, if that didn't bother Republicans, then why would anything else? And, and frankly, I d- there is... I think the only kids the they care de- about is the ones that don't exist or their own personal children. Eh, and debatable. Like, yeah, I mean Ted Cruz for sure doesn't. I I'm so sad and I'm so angry because this is you know what it feels like it's like the fucking Titan submarine thing of like yeah, of course I'm sad these people died, but I'm also angry because there's no reason we should have gotten to this point. Yeah. I, I did wonder, what does it say about these parents that they thought they could talk sense into these lawmakers? Because, because they think it implies, everyone thinks they're special, Hammond. It implies that they I'm were right, kind though. of okay with the fact that Republicans did not listen to victims who were not white, wealthy, LGBTQ, Correct. went to public schools, whatever. It's not like they changed their positions, like you said, after Sandy Hook or after Pulse or after every other mass shooting. People tried to demonize Breonna Taylor, who got murdered while she was laying in her own bed. Like... Mm-hmm. These people don't give a shit about humanity unless it's their own. Yeah. The solution is not having conservative Christians like these urge lawmakers to take the same actions that other groups couldn't get them to take in the past. It's voting out everyone in the party that puts guns over people. And again, so far, none of these activists seem to have any plan to do that. They did not personally say they would vote for progressive Democrats. No. They did not say they were taking any meaningful steps to encourage their conservative Christian well, friends their kids to do the same. Well, die. They were just hopelessly traumatized. Mm-hmm. They're not going to do something crazy like vote for a Democrat. Yeah. But, like, they weren't going to try to convince their pastors or anything no. to change their positions and convince their churches to go against it either. So, again, if they're trying to convince Republican lawmakers, of course they're not going to get anywhere. So there are things that are within their power to control. And, again, without that information, without knowing if these people care enough about this issue that they're going to raise hell in their conservative Christian churches or vote for a Democrat who agrees with them on this issue, even if they disagree on everything else— I don't know how seriously they take it. Well, and while this is victim blamey, there is that expression of like, you teach people how to treat you. And I think to some extent, 
the GOP has learned that there is not a price to pay for, for children who died. There's not really a price to pay for soldiers who died. There's really only immediately what's happening now. And like, it, it just, it's God, it's so fucking exhausting that like somebody can go through this and I don't know. I don't know. I'm just sad. I'm just sad that people don't want the best for each other. Yeah. I appreciate that they're trying to do something, but if they don't, if they keep electing the people that are the cause of the problem they are trying to solve, there's no reason to think. Like if you're voting for a party, your children are killed in school and you're mad about it, but you don't vote against the party that put a lot of shit into place that allowed this to happen. Mm -hmm. Then is it, is it a lack of being able to objectively examine your own choices? Is it a lack of understanding the scope of effects? Is I I don't, I don't know, but it makes me deeply sad that, uh, that, People genuinely don't give a shit about almost anything unless they personally have gone through it. And even then, apparently, it's not enough. Yeah. It just sucks. It's frustrating. Mm. And with that... Oh, boy. I know. Um, Where do we find you? Honestly, kind of... uh, (laughs) Don't. Friendly. (laughs) Just fucking stay away. I'm on Facebook. Uh, If you join... I'm trying to be on Discord. People message me once in a while, and I remember, and then I pop in, and I don't know. It's fun. (laughs) You can support us at uh, patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. Leave a review. And I actually am leaving kind of an anti-review, I guess. Uh, This is from uh, Aaron Davis sent this to our Patreon. Hey, I've been listening to the show since shortly before. Oh, wait. Did we do this already? Yeah, we did. Can you read stuff like this on the podcast instead of the reviews? Yeah. Oh, you read that? Oh, God damn it. Fuck. I just remembered seeing something like that. You know, if you listen to this very show. You fuck you. God. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Aaron. I was listening. I just remembered that you had written and I found your email and I didn't read it. I'm sorry, but thank you. It (laughs) genuinely meant a lot for me. And in repentance, I'm going to go ahead and read a shitty uh, (laughs) review about me. Hammond, where can we find you? You can find uh, me at FriendlyAtheist.com for stories. You could subscribe on there as well. Go on YouTube, Friendly Atheist. You could do all the things. Um, I don't know when our next episode will be out, but if you like your Friday crosswords, next Friday's will be mine. It has some fun long entries. Do it. Uh, New York. This is from King Clutch 2003. Three stars. He needs a new co-host, period. (laughs) I agree with the sentiments, but I find her super irritating, period. So Lovely. that was my Lovely. that was my repentance for fucking up Aaron's what are we gonna very hear sweet email in the bonus um, episode. <laughs> I told you, Mikey and I watched all three Fifty Shades of Grey. I have some thoughts. Um, I uh, oh, we watched today Taskmaster, which is a show I've talked about a lot. Everybody should go on YouTube and watch it. It's the funniest shit of all time. It's a British comedy show. They had uh, New Year's Eve spe- uh, New Year's special. Actually, I don't have a lot to say about it. It was just very funny. Just okay. go watch that. And then I literally, five minutes before you got here, I finished the second season of The Curious Case of Natalia Grace, which is a HBO do- or on HBO about a couple who adopted a little girl with dwarfism from the Ukraine and then accused her of being an adult. And it is fucked up and infuriating. And Michael, the adoptive dad, is genuinely one of the most enraging human beings I have ever even 
been near. So, oh, and I also saw Poor Things, which is the new, I can never say his name. He's a, a Greek filmmaker, but it's with um, Emma Stone and uh, Rude, nope, Rude, Mark Ruffalo is in it. And I loved it. And that's that's it. Um, you can always email at Friendly Atheist. Wow. Always email us at FriendlyAtheist at gmail.com. FriendlyAtheistPodcast friendly at gmail.com. I'm not even drunk. I'm just an idiot, I guess. All right. Sorry, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye.